Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. My name is Martin Cohen, and today we're going to study Tractate Shabbat, page 136. The passage on page 136 that I wish to discuss with you all has to do with an issue that is still on the front burner in American life today. That is the question of when life actually begins. For most Americans, the choices would be either at conception, as is taught by the Roman Catholic Church and many fundamentalist Christian groups, or that life begins at birth, as has traditionally been the Jewish view. Most Americans, I think, would fall in on one side of the issue, either choosing to imagine life beginning at conception or at birth, but in this page of the Gemara we discover that there is another option as well. The ancients, it turns out, understood that there were children who are simply not strong enough at birth to live. Those children who are strong enough to live are called B'nai Kaima, viable people, viable individuals. And those that are not strong enough to live, and who die after a few days, or at any rate within the first 30 days of life, are, are considered not to have been fully viable. And we treat them, although honoring the image of God in which they were made, and considering them to be alive in the strictest sense of the word, because we consider them not fully to be B'nai Kaima, we consider them also not to have been fully realized as individual human beings. The passage of Gemara we're going to look at begins with two very similar stories. In the first one, we hear of a son of Rav Dimi bar Yosef who had a child born to him, a grandson of Rav, Yosef, of Rav Dimi. It says in the Gemara, Bego tlatin yomin shechiv, within the first 30 days of life the child died, Yativ kamit abil ilavei, whereupon his father sat down in the traditional way to mourn to him, for him. Amar le'avua, tzav ronita kabait lemechal. His father said to him, Are you interested in eating the traditional food of mourners? Implying that there is no real reason for him to mourn, because the law follows Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, who taught that a child who is not a ben Kaima, it's not necessary to mourn for in the formal way of sitting shiva, in the, the way we do for, for fully viable people. The son said, Amarle, Kim Li Bei Shekalu Lo Chodashav. An interesting comment. He says, I know for certain that this child was uh, carried to term. In other words, he knew when the child was conceived. Perhaps he was away from home, or perhaps for some reason he could fix with absolute certainty the day of the child's conception. And he knew that the child was born nine months uh, after that. Therefore, the fear that the child was not fully viable because it had been born prematurely was not possible. And therefore, since he felt that the definition of being a bar kaima is not merely whether the child lives or dies, but whether the child does not survive because it was not carried to term, he felt that he should observe the normal laws of, laws of mourning, and he should uh, eat the special foods that in his community were served to mourners. 
The second story is very similar. Rav Ashi Ikla Be Rav Kahana. Rav Ashi came to visit the home of Rav Kahana. Itra Be Milta Bego Tlatin Yomin. During his visit, a, a terrible thing happened to Rav Kahana. Within 30 days of the birth of one of his children, that child died. He, Rav Ashi, noticed that Rav Kahana was sitting Shiva in the traditional way. Whereupon Rav Ashi said to Rav Kahana, Lo savar mar lahada amar Rav Yehuda amar Shmuel, halachaka Rav Shimon ben Gamliel. Don't you follow the opinion of Rav Yehuda, who said in the name of Shmuel that the law follows Rav Shimon ben Gamliel, and therefore that you are not obliged to sit Shiva in the traditional way if a child dies within the first 30 days of life? And here, too, Rav Kahana answered, similar to the first story, Kimli He says, I know for sure that this child was not premature. He doesn't say how he knew. But presumably he was able in some uh, absolute way to be certain when the child was conceived, and that was good enough for him. Since the child was not premature, it was therefore reasonable to sit shiva and to mourn in the traditional way. And from there we move on to an interesting debate which shows the flexibility of the rabbis and their reasonableness. In the context of discussing whether it's necessary to mourn for a a child who dies within 30 days, regardless of when the question of the child's conception can be fixed, of whether the child's conception can be fixed, the Gemara tells the following story. Meit betoch shloshim, if a child dies within 30 days of life, v'amda v'nitkat shah, if his mother then gets married to another man, but without performing the chalitza ritual, which would free her from the obligation to marry her uh, her late husband's brother, Amar Avina Mishmei Deraba, Im Eshet Yisrael he choletzet, Im Eshet Kohen he enacholetzet. He said, if she is the wife of an Israelite, in other words, if the new husband, the one that she's married now that the child whose father had already previously died, had died, if it's in Israel, so she can marry him even after Chalitza, because Kohanim, uh, like your teacher, are forbidden to marry women who have, who have undergone Chalitza, uh, if, if the second husband is going to be an Israelite, so he can marry her anyway, then she should perform the ritual. But if, however, she is the wife of a Kohen, in other words, if the, the second husband is a Kohen, who will be unable to marry her once she has uh, been formally divorced, and Chalitza is a form of divorce, from the brother of her late husband, then she does not have to undergo Chalitza. So we see here the halachad, it's most flexible. The woman wishes to remarry. Perhaps she needs the assistance of a new husband, perhaps she's fallen in love, perhaps she feels it's her duty to find a father or a new surrogate kind of father for her child. In any event, if there's a way to allow it, we do allow it, and therefore we follow the opinion of the sages who say that regardless of the circumstances, regardless of how of how sure we are when the child was conceived, nevertheless uh, we uh, consider a child who dies within 30 days not to be a bar kaima. But if the child, if the husband is going to be a Yisrael and she could marry him anyway, then just to hedge all bets, we we follow the opinion of the alternate opinion that the child could conceivably not be a considered not to have been a bar kaima without knowing when the child was conceived and therefore not knowing for sure if the child was premature, 
and we require her to undergo chalitza. That's a remarkably flexible legal opinion, saying that we basically choose the opinion we wish to follow based on whether the consequences will be inconsequential or grave for the woman involved. It's a way of the, that the rabbis had of showing kindness and, and elasticity in their interpretation of the law. But for modern Americans, the issue that will be the most interesting is the question of when life begins. Clearly, halacha teaches us that life begins at birth. But in the ancient world, when infant mortality was a, a huge problem, a serious uh, tragedy that afflicted many, many families in different ways, the rabbis were aware of the fact that they were simply children who were not meant to thrive and who were not strong enough to live to adulthood. And they were willing to say to the parents of those children that, you know, even though you love this child, even though this child was born of you and is, is your offspring, it would be wiser not to think of it as a child who died, but to think of the infant as a child that was never meant to live. Not to consider it a bar kaima, to consider it simply a, a, uh, a sickly infant who, who could not have survived. Perhaps that was meant to help parents who have suffered the most awful of all, of all blows, the loss of a child, to, to live through their grief and to find the courage to attempt again to, to produce a family and to have another child or even other children in the future. I think that approaching it that way shows the rabbis at their most kind, willing to interpret reality in light of the law, but also always willing to interpret the law in light of day-to-day reality. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.